Hey, welcome to the Bakesh Podcast. I am Don and... I'm not Don. He is not Don. Because I'm Scott. There you go. Uh, we are broadcasting live. No, wait, this won't be live at all. Let me try again. Yeah. We are broadcasting dead. We're not broadcasting dead either. No. And you really can't even say we're broadcasting within the month that we're po- posting at because we we're not doing that either. We are broadcasting... Possibly in the same year that it will be posted. Uh, what month is it? So this will probably be around June. So we'll still be in the same year. I think. We have five, there's ten weeks. There's like four in April. Four in May. Yeah, yeah sometime in June. Right. June. We are broadcasting live from the sunny summertime. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we're not live, but we're still broadcasting in the Shoot. month of... June. That's my obsession with live broadcast. Which so broadcasting is that the art of recording, or is broadcasting the art of it being played? It's probably the art of it being played. So when you get this podcast, you'll be broadcasting. <laughs> now we're we're here in Cincinnati. It's spring today. Yes. It will be winter tomorrow. I think I had a snow day last week. Oh no, that, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, but so we it had was the first day of spring. I had d- a snow day, <laughs> dude, dude. We had the we had that blizzard that came. <laughs> blizzard. blizzard oh wait, quotes. wait. Did you guys? We had like nothing. We had zero <laughs> snow. But since he still got, I'm north of Cincy, okay. and we had zero. We did have some snow. Okay. I mean, by no means enough to get us off school, or I mean, any threat of snow causes the grocery stores to be out of everything right? because you have the panic. And then this was like not even a winter weather advisory. This was like a winter weather imminent warning. What, what do they call those things? I mean, it was like beyond the warning. It was like you're all going to die in the snow. And I think we got some flurries, a little bit on the ground. Ground yeah. was white. Not enough to even sled ride. No, so we, we were like, wait. It, okay, they first showed... We're still within time. <laughs> they first showed like the the weather map radar stuff, and they're showing like up in our area they're like seven inches. They're like you're getting buried kind of thing, and we were like ah. And then we got the weather like those like alerts or whatever they would tell you like three to five inches are coming your mm-hmm. way, and then it changed like four to six, and we're like shoot, we are the ones getting buried. Mm-hmm. And then the lady uh, on one of the news stations, <coughs> I can't remember which one, was like. Oh yeah, those northern counties and the southern counties and blah blah blah, and then like when it comes through, like we had n- zero, like it, we didn't even get flurries. We had no precipitation. Meanwhile, like I, I was driving to work and I hit the Westchester area, which if you're familiar with Cincinnati, that's like kind of the northern part of the city. Suddenly there was snow on the ground. <laughs> I was like, we dodged. It was kind of nice not to have it. We didn't dodge so. it that much. Now. I was fine with the any threat, and, and if it gets me off school, I'm not going to complain. Like, snow day is a snow day. Um, so I'm not going to complain with that. Now, a cold day is annoying. You, um, you and I are both, like, full of phone calls, and you got – hey, hold on. Uh, uh, nothing to hear. So if you're listening to this, you might have had a, a weird interruption that I'm not going to edit and make nice, but uh, Scott had an important phone call, so we had him take it. But – through the magic of podcasting, you never knew about it until well, I told you. All right, see? And so. and if I were the one putting the thing together, you would definitely know about it. You wouldn't have paused <laughs> it. 
What's funny is I heard the phone vibrating through when I was listening back to see where we left <laughs> off. And I was like, oh, he's getting another call. <laughs> yeah, I, I fixed that. I'm really not that popular. No, um, that's all right. It just happens that, that we got uh, stuff going on. So at, at the same time, my <laughs> wife texted me and said, so I, I ordered a, we'll get into the real stuff here in a minute. Ordered a lawnmower oh. from the great Amazon River. Ooh. Just Amazon Prime. Okay. And um, it didn't work. So I asked for what? replacement. So they cross ship. So they're sending me one. I have to send back the other one by like May 1st or they charge me a million bucks. Right. And uh, she goes, she sent me a text. She's like, they left it on the side of the house. <laughs> so I had your son drag it to the garage. <laughs> so it might be all wet. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, they, don't they? What UPS guy is like, hey, big giant covered porch. I'll leave it here. See, they the do side of the house. They do that all the time, though. Like, really, they'll just leave it. It's, and it's like freaking flooding out there. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> it's it's been we had two and a half inches of rain last night. We were expected like another two inches today. There's thunder and lightning and rain. My backyard is a swamp, and the dude is like, "Oh, leave it right here." <laughs> ah! That's the way it goes. So here's hoping the lawnmower still works, or else I'll have a third one coming and going. Just hope, hopefully, your uh, Amazon person doesn't listen to this podcast. Oh, you'll be fine because by June. Oh yeah, by June I'll be using whatever lawnmower. <laughs> <I have. laughs> well, it's a see, the th- it's a battery powered one, so I'm hoping that it, like, well, I was gonna keep the two batteries if they work that I already had from the old one because I already charged uh, them. So okay. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, that's fair. So, so let's get into Deuteronomy. We're Deuteronomy. six minutes in and <laughs> weather and phone calls and lawnmowers and UPS anger. What, what, what does your wife call this time again? Goofiness. It was Would your you? first opening. I don't know. I thought your wife caught it. Oh, something. the banter. Banter. The, that's it. The talkie talkie. Right. Um, so I guess we got the banter talkie talkie stuff going we always, on. We always have like five minutes of that. Hey, people, if you don't like it, just fast forward five minutes. We're, right. We're... It makes us personable. Right. It's interesting, right? (laughs) We're not just high and mighty Bible teachers. Absolutely. We're not even low Bible teachers. We're not even mighty. No, we're (laughs) people. (laughs) They get lawnmowers left in the rain. (laughs) They have snow days. Floods. I'm I'm not, I'm not, no problem with snow days. Hey, if we have severe weather, we're already in your basement. That's true. Yeah, there is a tornado watch out. There was at least that. Well, that's what yeah, there, was I saw that me. too. I was waiting for your mm-hmm. phone call. So, all right, surfing you away. So we're in the basement. Yeah. So hey, we're on <laughs> chapter eleven. Last time we got up through seventeen. I am in a cough. So okay. Excuse me. So we will start today with chapter eight. Or, uh, no, still chapter eleven. Yes. However, verse eighteen. There you go. Um, the goal today. Um, we always have goals. Um, and we never achieve that. No, we usually don't. <laughs> but this today... I think we got I, it. I think we got it. We're going to go through the end of 11. Um, we will not start with 12, um, but let you guys do the the pre-homework. Not homework. Homework always sounds bad. The, no, it's homework. The pre-study. Y'all doing it. Study. <laughs> yeah, pre-study. Just don't do it while in the... Don't read while in the car while driving, so we won't call it car work. Yeah. Yeah. So then you can start reading 12. Uh, oh, oh. But if you have an audio Bible... You can listen. Oh, that's true. And Google Play Music has one on there for free. And just not don't do a word study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, All I right. did one this week, and I'm usually against those. Oh, are you yeah. really? Okay. So, well, we'll see if we get to it. You know, you can't do a word by study in that big picture book Bible you have in front of you. 
Yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> the All Jesus right. Storybook Bible makes for great word study. <laughs> no, go on, man. Read it. Read us. Read us in. So with every little kid's book. Oh, we already had that discussion. Never <laughs> mind. I was gonna say I was never stopping. Adam and Eve. Never. Well, no, I always want to find out how like giving up always and forever love. Well, that's definitely that, that's one Boom. of the best children's books of Bibles ever. <laughs> All right, um, chapter eleven, verse eighteen. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walk or loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot tread shall be yours. Your territory shall be from the wilderness um, to the Lebanon and from the river and from the river, the river Euphrates, to the western sea. No one shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on all the land that you shall tread as he promised you. Gee, I've heard some of this before. Mm-hmm. Well, I think chapter 11 is pretty much a, it's a transition chapter, right? From the beginning to so 1 through 10, and then it's kind of a transition, and then 12 through something, right? Um, <coughs> wait, are you trying to spell out the treaty? No, no. Oh. I, I'm just kind of how... My understanding on how it's set up. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot <coughs> of. Um, I don't want to say rehash, but there's a there's a lot of reminder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once again, we're forgetful people, so uh, emphasis was often at least in at least in Greek. I don't know about like the ancient Hebrew, but emphasis was often shown through repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just pretend. That's the same for the OT as it was for the NT. I'm a teacher, and the amount of times I repeat things just within one class period is ridiculous. So I I think we as people, I think we need those. I don't think it gets any better when you get older. Right. Um, Uh, Well, even when, like, if we do scripture memorization with our kids or whatever, it's mm -hmm. often like repeating it. And we Mm -hmm. just repeat it with different, like, we'll repeat the verses with different emphasis, or Mm -hmm. even like to help drive the point home. So we'll do like accents or like goofy like voices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's often, it is really just that rote, repeat, repeat, re, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not surprising that Moses is speaking on behalf of God here and just repeating again, right. like, obey the commandments, things are going to go well. If you obey the commandments, these things will we'll go, go well. well. Hey, let me tell you about these commandments, because if you obey them... Will they go well? They will go they well. They will go well. Okay. Um, and there's also that repetition. Of, and I don't mean, if you've got some verse-by-verse stuff, um, I'm just throwing some overarching themes out, and then we can break it down more if you want. Okay, go for it. Um, there's that reminder that, uh, you know, the land is not great because of, well, that kind of goes back a little bit, but it's not great because of their works or whatever they've done. It's great because God is giving it to them, and God is taking care of it and made it that way. Um Gosh, my handwriting is horrible. <laughs> His handwriting is horrible, but people. Yeah. Sorry, did you have some things you wanted to break down better while I tried to decipher what um, the heck I wrote here? <coughs> I, I, I really, I'd have, I have to say that I'm really loving 
um, this repetition of Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Um, this you shall teach them to your, your children, children, talking to them when you are sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And, and I legitimately take it very seriously and, and, and it's fun um, because, uh, you know, we do have a Bible study every night. I mean, that, that's something that's important and it's, it's something that's expected, you know, in, in our house. Well, well, Daddy, we haven't read the Bible tonight. Oh, you know, so if I miss something, we, we come back to that. But I've actually... Um, found that it's really powerful to, to continually bring everything back to God um, because as you you kind of live that out um, and, and as you talk about it when you sit down, when you lie down, when you're doing your normal day-to-day -day things, I think the, the message that God wants to communicate becomes more and more real um, with, with, well, with life and it, it creates a more powerful lesson at times. Mm. Um, I think some of the more um, recent things that I can think about, we have what we go, we call the Adventure Park. Um, if you live in Cincinnati or, or in the city, um, this is like the, the only real park in, in the actual city. It's, it's French Park. <laughs> um, and so we go to the Adventure Park, and um, you know, every time we get there, we listen to the quiet waters, and, and it's the creek flowing. And my, my kids will be like, stop, Daddy, listen. And the Lord is my shepherd. And, and we talk about that and, and, and the quiet waters. And, and, and we talk about that verse. Or um, we were there a couple weeks ago and, and my kid, you know, one of my kids fell. And the other one was like, you know what we need to do? We need to just pray right now for healing and pray that they, you know, they would feel better. And, and it, it's one of those that... You know, you're making the rest of us parents feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, before, my oldest would be like, what, football? <laughs> like, <laughs> <coughs> but it, it's fun to do things like that. Or... You know, we'll be saying something, and Hades is like, wait a second. Do, do you remember when we put that on our, our steps? And, you know, we put Deuteronomy 6 on our steps. Hero Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one. And they're like, that's on our steps. And we run over and we read it. And, and so it, it's fun where, like, we, we constantly find everything to be that lesson. Mm -hmm. And so I find that they are almost more in tune and focused to what God is doing than, than sometimes I am. Well, they've got that benefit of learning this deer in their formative years where you and I were stupid until our 20s. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, I'm 38. I don't know if I'm done being stupid. <laughs> I mean, uber stupid. Oh, wait, 38. I didn't say I'm 38. Um, erase that. Yeah. I'm Use that podcast marriage. Oh. Mar ma magic. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. That podcast, podcast magic. I don't know what, what kind of show you think this is. <laughs> it's not that kind of show. <laughs> we don't do no marriage. We don't do no hokey pokey. I have no idea. Hokey pokey. What's going on here? I have no clue. Um, I slept well last night. I did had too, actually. Huh. I don't know. Anyway, all right. But yeah, I, I agree. <coughs> it, it is a matter of like you're raising your children in this. Actually, it's it's. Uh, I was asked to give kind of like a. a small 30-minute sermon to our children's team, which will uh, have heard it by the time this podcast airs, so um, I can lie right now. It's, it was so awesome, but it hasn't happened yet, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I was uh, trying to get a feel of what we should be, you know, presenting to our children's ministry team. Um, you know, they're working, and their job is basically this, is to teach the children to remind them, because we, you know, we have some rock stars, parents that go to our church, that raise their children well, that do this. They, they, you know, whether metaphorically or physically or, you know, they 
they write the words of God on their fence post. You know, they're bringing their children up in this and raising them to know him uh, very well. But then we also have people that come to our church that don't have any idea of what this is. And kind of in the middle of that is we have these children's ministry workers. And to be in the children's ministry at our church, we like, you have to be a member in good standing. Like we don't just like, like you can't just be like, I'm new here. Give me the name tag. I'm in children. You know, like we, it's, it's a little harder to become a child helper or a children's helper in our church. So their job is to be doing this mm-hmm. is to, especially <coughs> for the kids that are not getting it and to reinforce it for the kids who are, mm-hmm. um, they might be that only area. So I was, u- I was using these verses, these Deuteronomy six, uh, verses, uh, to reinforce that point to say, Hey, look, it's been commanded since the beginning. So, um, yeah, that's right. Really, I mean, just over and over again, it's it's something that we need to remember, whether as parents or even as you know, you know, youth workers or whatever you happen to be doing, is that it is very important because you see the effects it has on your kids. Like mm-hmm. your kids, they can now, yeah, shoot, your kids can recite scripture. Like what, you mm-hmm. know, um, that's <coughs> huge. Like my kids, it's part of their we we homeschool. <laughs> it's part of the schoolwork to write and memorize verses and to rewrite them over and over, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like something something they're always constantly doing over and over again. And why? Well, for one, it was commanded since the beginning. I mean, it's one of the methods God wants us to have to remember his word to put on our heart and to live in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's more powerful than sitting down and having a Bible study um, living it out and teaching it when you sit down, when you rise up, and when you do things, just living life that way. I mean, if you can make everything a well, lesson that, that points to Jesus or God, then... Well, that makes your life a Bible study, I guess. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Th- that, I mean, that's something that we we try and intentionally bring that kind of stuff up. Like my one son desired, he said, he's like, I want to be an engineer or a pastor. And I was like, well, those are two very different things. <laughs> but um, so now every, you know... You know, pretty much every day, almost, I'll bring up something into his life, and I'll be like, "Hey, let's talk about X." Or like, he—he's, you know, we were talking about some of the uh, weird imagery in Revelation and stuff like that. And I'm like, "Well, you got to imagine trying to describe something that's indescribable," you know. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, "Hey, let's. You want to be a pastor? Let's talk about this. What does that mean?" Like, I was a jerk at Easter. <laughs> I was. It's like we're all sitting down before dinner and stuff like that, and I'm like, "All right, man." Who can tell me what propitiation means? <laughs> My kids are like, we can't pronounce propitiation. <laughs> like, I can barely pronounce it. But like, it's stuff like that. You start to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who want to know, propitiation is basically the object of God's wrath that fulfills the sacrifice needed. So um, Google it. Mm-hmm. I gave you the answer. Now say it three times fast. No, because we would get the explicit thing on our podcast potentially because oh, I accidentally I swear okay, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that's the kind of stuff to be bringing up to our kids over and over again. It, it's just, it's our command. It's our call. It's the way God uses us in our children's lives. It's the way God works. Mm-hmm. He uses us as his tools to teach us, teach our kids. Mm-hmm. And, and it all comes back down to, um, so, I mean, basically it all comes down to, to a society and, and a good society. I mean, I'm trying to that your days and days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them, and and you know I think in Deuteronomy six um, six through nine it, it discusses so that they may long, live long and and that obedience so that you may live long and and all of this that that you may live long and and it's and, and sometimes even said for your benefit or for your good, 
And and I think it comes down to I think it's shows the reality of why our society is messed up as it is. I mean, um, when it comes down to to teaching this stuff in the core of our families, and that becomes the foundation and the roots behind all that we do. If we were living this way and living by God's commands, I think we'd have a much different society than we have now. Um, yeah, that be- goes without saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that, that it's a powerful testament to how obey, obedience to God um, and the core of a family environment can drastically change not just a family, but but other families. And if we had more more of a godly nation, I think that we could make a powerful impact in, in our society in general and see many of the things and problems that, that, that are continuing to grow begin to shrink and disappear slowly or quickly. Uh, so I, think it, I, I mean, I won't disagree with you there. I just don't <coughs> know if in my mind I hold out any hope for that. <laughs> I would agree. Uh, you know, like for I agree that we would have definitely like, Gosh, I'm trying to think of like a good example, but I like obviously if you have godly people, you still have sin, so there's still going to be issues in the world. But like we might see some differences. Like, so we raise our kids well. I have five kids. Odds are pretty good that you know I'm probably going to have at least one rebellious one, you know, regardless. But like, there's a difference knowing that I can pray for him. I can expect you know, God's work in his heart and stuff like that. Um, and I have a, you know, I have God to lean on in these times to provide, I don't know, like comfort to my soul. And so, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that like I'm teaching him these things so that hopefully the Holy Spirit will ignite in his heart and he'll mm-hmm. be, you know, saved at some point in his life or she will be saved at some point in his life, her life. Gosh, I can't talk her life. But yeah, I just don't know if I hold out hope that, <laughs> Things are going to get better before they get, wor- you know, mm-hmm. before Christ returns. I don't disagree with that. But however, if we did well, live we just, this we out, just took this like, hmm. <laughs> but if we did live this out the way that we could, or if we did live this out the way that God set up, because even these guys didn't figure it out. Right. Um, so, would we live? Would we live in that better society if we could genuinely live this way? Well, uh, and we I, taught and help them grow up this way. Spitballing here, I guess it w- I could kind of be like, well, look how it would even happen in your local community. or your, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Start, start with the community of believers in your church or your neighborhood, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what that looks like and how different that would potentially be. And, right. you know, we've, we've both been a part of cool things that we, we've seen where the community has rallied around and helped people that, you know, might need it or don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could go even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Now I'm getting all like, oh, but in reality, <laughs> your church is, there's a lot of people that might claim Christian, but don't live out their sanctification. <laughs> and then uh, well, anyway, we won't get it because we can go further man. down the rabbit hole there. But I will say. Hey, welcome, I, to, welcome to an early spring <laughs> depression. I do personally <laughs> get excited um, about my kids living this way. I mean, not just because it honors God, but really it does live to a better life. And I think that it can impact other people's lives when, when we genuinely live it out um, and can be a positive impact in society in a society where we don't see a lot of hope. Mm. Um, and, and when we're thinking long run, you know, unfortunately with sin and where we already at, is it, would it be difficult and, and a moving of God's spirit to make that happen? Absolutely. But it excites me to see what we as believers can be when we teach our kids to live it out, mm. they get excited about living it out. 
um, and you see them honoring God, but making an impact in other people's lives because they're honoring God. And, and um, regardless of the outcome of this world and, and God's plan, if he chooses to like, you know, pour, pour revival out one more time before he returns, or if he chooses to allow us to continue down the path where people are becoming more and more godless, like mm-hmm. regardless of which way that goes, um, I'm not going to change the fact that I want to raise my kids in a godly manner. Right, absolutely. I just, when I was saying like I'm depressed, I'm not like about my own kids really, but more so about like the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's still, regardless of what the outcome is and regardless of where you are, oh listener, as a parent, you should remember that it's important to continue to raise your kids godly, even if it seems hopeless, mm-hmm. or even if your kid seems like they might be a little bit beyond hope. Like you can still pray to the God of the universe who changes hearts mm-hmm. to change your kid's heart. Absolutely. I, I know sometimes I, I, I relate too much with some of the prophets where I look around and I go, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is the world I live in. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I just pray harder for my kids and our, our, our future. All right. So do you have anything else to throw in there? No. Um, let's see. Did I have any? Have I not babbled enough on those first few verses? So I read through 25. So in order, for, so ultimately, we see that if this is the way that we live, um, so verse 22 says, for if you will be careful to do all the commandments um, that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, if we live this way, so do his commandments, being loving the Lord, walking in his ways, holding fast to him, um, then um, the message here is that they will have military success in the land. Um, <laughs> they will dispossess the nations. Um, no I'm sorry, I laugh because it's like every pure-blooded American <laughs> was like, "Yeah, military." Sorry, no one. And we just lost. Yeah, the whole we just South. lost no. everyone. <laughs> um, no one will stand against you, um, and and that being a promise, um, I was actually kind of wondering. Does this apply today? And I was just really thinking and kind of contemplating. I was like, so so military success, all right. I'm not quite sure I grab a gun or a knife or a whatever and go out into public, that's gonna end well for me. Um, so I should probably not conquer my neighbor's land. But uh, <laughs> grab out my enemies from before me. But does this promise still kind of hold true today? Like I was wondering, I was like, does does land equal like our influence in society or at work? Um, I already know. Is it is it a provision of our needs that that by by through our obedience to God He will provide and and I want to say with provision I don't want to go like a name it claim it thing, but a um, does He offer provision um, for I mean provision the way that he would see it, not necessarily the way that, that I would see it for our needs. Um, does it even apply at all? Um, I was just contemplating these questions earlier, actually today, so I haven't really had much time to think or pray about it, but you, you seem to be flipping through your Bible um, to give keep me an answer. <laughs> so I'm to keep babbling. Um, uh, I, uh, actually, it's funny. It's a very common <laughs> verse. I just can't remember well, which chapter. Well, he finds it. Let's see if I can... Ephesians, but I got lost in Romans for oh, a second. I was going to peek over to see if I could at least cheat on what book, and then he just says it right out. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna go for the great Google on this because okay, I can't recall the actual chapter, and I don't want to waste too much time. Now, now, he called it the great Google. I would just like to say that later on he'll probably repent because I think earlier in Deuteronomy it talks about how we should have oh, I thought it was four no, six. no other gods. Did you find it? 
Yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> it's uh, six. I thought it was four. Oh, okay. Explains a lot. So he's at least got the right chapter. Right book. Wrong, um, wrong oh, right, chapter. Right book. Wrong chapter. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. <laughs> Everybody that just heard me say Ephesians knows exactly where I'm going. Dude, I should have like actually looked at the verse. All right, so right now, shout it out. What verse is it? Ephesians chapter 6, we're talking about military might. What do we got here? And, and this is the time where we pretend that we actually heard you, you know, like the little kids' TVs. Yes, Ephesians 6, 12. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is, this is why I would say that, like, a lot of that, that you just, that was my Bible hitting the table, um, doesn't matter is because of this verse. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, or sorry, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Um, our, I don't think that currently land is synonymous with what our victims... I mean, mm, will God change the shape of the world, the shape of nations, the shape of countries, whatever, states, territories by military, and will he give stuff based on people obeying his commands, I'm going to punt and say, I don't know. Maybe. I'll leave it at that. Um, But in reality, like on our personal level, it just seems like our concern is not with those things. And I, I would say that Israel was God's chosen people, and the people were identified by the people group that controlled the land. Now we are his chosen people and we are not identified by the land that we control, but we are spread out throughout everything. We're identified by the kingdom we represent Mm. and it's not a kingdom that's of this earth. And so that verse saying that, you know, we are not against flesh and blood, but we're against like these cosmic powers, you know, against the spiritual and stuff like that is probably more uh, true to what we are. So when we, and this could sound kind of prosperity, name it, claim it, and it's not supposed to, but, like, we can have victory over, you know, Satan, sin, and death by living godly lives and by being in Christ. Mm. So I think that's more of our call now than uh, being obedient so we can take over lands and countries. Well, I was even not even thinking that, but from the, the perspective of um, provision for for our needs and, and that sort of thing and through our obedience. No, because there's common <coughs> grace that we see. Um, there are, you got to look at the spectrum, unless I'm misinterpreting you again, and you can cut me off if I am. Um, we see Christians who are very poor through no fault of their own and through fault of their own. We see Christians who are very, you know, very wealthy uh, through no fault of their own and maybe through some fault of their own, be- meaning they work hard and like came up with a good invention or a good idea or put in a lot of time and sweat at a company and God has blessed that work. Yeah. But there's also people that put a lot of time and sweat at a company and they end up broke. Well, when I say provision though, um, cause earlier I, I wasn't meaning provision as in necessarily material or our expectations, but provision as of what we need to survive and to live and to, to follow through with what, what God has us to do. Um, so provision sometimes in our current American mind means a house, a car, uh, lots of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but to provide what it is that we need for for whatever. Um, and so through our obedience, um, 
of God's commands, can that land that he promises here be provided? Because that was technically what God used to provide for Israel what it is that they needed at the time. Would that be, in today's context, if that would even apply at all, I'm not saying that it does, would that be the provision that we need um, to survive in whatever way that, that God plans on us doing so here? So if provision might not be necessarily a house or maybe even a place to live, but would provide the food, the clothes. Um, uh, again, I don't, I don't think any of it's dependent on our obedience. Like, honestly, like, while... I think that like being one in Christ and being with Christ, and I think I'm gonna I'm not gonna probably do this section, <laughs> like it's due diligence here because this is coming off the cuff, but um, being in Christ, obeying His commands, provides the full per- the full service of being in Christ and being with Him and strengthening that relationship, and I I just have a hard time seeing it as being something that would give us that provision because once again we see non-believers and we see Christians that run the the spectrum of surviving mm-hmm. uh, regardless of where they are on the belief scale. I don't think that obeying his commands necessarily would prov- would provide or not provide or coax provision in either way. I'm I'm seeing this section once again as God saying, "Hey, you're my people group. If you obey me, we will you will continue to be my people group and I will let you be in this land, which identifies you as my people group. Whereas nowadays we're everywhere. We're scattered. Um, and we're his people group because of what Christ did. Um, so I, I don't think it's linked. I'm just saying, that's right. what I mean. Like it's not linked anymore mm-hmm. to who we are as a, as a, as a group It's no longer linked to the place we live. Um, and I think blessings have taken a bit of a different bend because even if you look at Paul, who was, uh, arguably a wealthy man mm-hmm. uh, who ends up, you know, imprisoned and beat and, you know, tortured and all this other kind of stuff. Um, there's provision, but he still died of at a very young age. Right. You know, I don't know. And and by the way, just uh, listeners, as you're saying, we did not pre-talk this out. Um, so, so really, as we're talking, um, we did not pre-talk this out. Um, so Yeah, he blindsided me, is what he's saying. He blindsided as, as we pose questions, I mean, sometimes they're legitimate questions. And, and, and some of the fun things about Scripture is the ability to be able to talk it out with other believers and um, to pray th- through things as well and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm going to continue to move on. Okay. But I'm not going to end this conversation. Um, because I'm going to ask then, what purpose is obedience? And, and I actually ask that. Um, I think I already answered. <laughs> so, I mean, because, I mean, I genuinely believe that obedience is important, and, and it's it's our ability to show God that we love him. It's, it's our ability to show God that, that we trust his provision, and, and we trust um, that, that he will take care of us, et cetera. Um, but as we continue to move forward, um, we'll get into the idea of, of obedience and, and kind of blessing and curse as we end out um, chapter 11. See, I am setting before you today, so chapter 11, verse 26. 
See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I'm commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, you shall set the blessing on Mount uh, Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Um, are they not beyond the Jordan west of the, the road toward the going down of the sun in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Am or the Arabah, opposite Gilgal beside the Oak of Mora? For you are to cross over the Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And when you possess it and live in it, you shall be careful to do all the statues and the rules that I am setting before you today. So... Um, Part of what I saw, um, so if you obey, there's blessing. If you do not, there's a curse. Um, um, turn aside. Um, I, I liked how he used the word go after other gods that you have not known. I believe that's like a powerful, powerful statement. Like, I, I think that shows the, the, the God of a relationship versus a God you don't even know. I think about it from a jealousy or an anger perspective where, you know, if you're married to someone... Um, you know that woman. Why is it that you would go after other women that 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 you don't know, that you don't have a relationship with, that you don't love? Um, and that, that's like precisely the language there. That mm-hmm. no one is that relational intimacy. So yeah, it's right on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I thought that was just a beautiful picture. Um, and then I loved how like the reminder that they had actually in the land was a visual reminder. Um, I'm a visual person, and so like being able to see things and, and visualize and go, oh, this is... Um, and so Mount Gerizim was suggested that Gerizim was covered with fertile vegetation. Um, the curse would have been Mount Ebal, which was suggested to be barren. And I thought that was kind of cool that he would set out an example that they could visually see. Um, but ultimately, yes. Um, so anyway, so... Just kind of getting down to that 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 obedience, blessing, curse. Well, first of all, is there anything else you wanted to, to kind of point out about that, or anything else? Uh, a couple of things like um, basically once they get into the land, verses twenty nine and thirty, um, and when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you're entering to take possession of it, you shall set the blessing on Mount. How'd you say it? A Gerizim. Gerizim. I, I had the J- Jerism sound, but you're probably right. That's what I said, Jerism. Uh, you said Gerism. I don't know. You can rewind and find Whatever. out, but I'm not telling you. Um, <laughs> and the curse on Mount Ebal. So once again, once they get into the land, they're to rededicate themselves to the covenant. Mm-hmm. So once again, once they get in there, it's a, it's a reminder again of what you are, where you came from, and who you are. And yep. they get to do that once they re-enter the land. Um, uh once they get in there and they do uh, rededicate themselves, they get another reminder of the promises of God. I had some about Mora. I'm trying to figure out why I put so Mora. much time and effort into Mora, <laughs> the Oak of Mora. Um, it's mentioned in 30? 30, yes. Yeah, 30. 30. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of reasons that that might be brought up um, that I just thought were kind of interesting off the cuff. Um, uh in Genesis 35, 4, um, Jacob goes to his family, tells them to bury their idols under a, under the tree. 
Um, so uh, Israel was basically putting away or leaving idols behind just as their patriarch David did in the same spot um, under the same oaks, potentially. Uh, there's also... Uh, why I can't read... Oh, uh, Mora, Mora, whatever. Could be a grove of oaks um, in a semi-arid uh, desert region uh, that offers an oasis from like hot sun and stuff like that. So basically they're growing in kind of a unusual area, but it presents to them life in the oasis. So I thought those were kind of neat um, as well. Just kind of neat little side journeys mm-hmm. into the, the surrounding landscape uh, about the oaks of Mora. <laughs> that is kind of cool. So that it could be once again a, a place where uh, they will be once again reenacting like what Jacob did, mm-hmm. leaving their idols behind it underneath the you know at the roots of those trees, uh, burying their <coughs> past, destroying it, and all that kind of stuff. Um, or it could also be like, hey, you're going there because it's an oasis in a pretty arid place. Mm-hmm. So all right. that's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. on with your works based righteousness. Yes, obedience. <laughs> well, you put it that way, you jerk. <laughs> like, I might not be fully against not works-based righteousness, but um, definitely obedience, I think, shows our, our obedience to God and whether we genuinely trust and love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, thi- I think if our actions don't show that, and I think James kind of explains that. Um, I might be preaching a part of James in July. <laughs> <laughs> Which is when you'll be listening to this podcast. Oh, wait, mm. we said June. No. Yeah, well, I um, mean, I can go back. It'll be on the web. Okay, that's fair. Um, Podcast.podbean.com. <laughs> Ooh, good is one. that good? What was yeah. the Facebook one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I do believe that. So although I don't know necessarily know if I believe that it's works-based, I believe that if our actions don't show that obedience, I do question whether someone is a believer if their obedience if they don't strive to to at least try to be obedient to God, because I think that shows a lack of trust um, in who God is and, and the, the commands that he lays down. Um, and I think that this is one of the ways that um, we show that we love God, um, which is kind of what Jesus said a couple times in the Gospels, if you love me, you obey my commands. Mm-hmm. Um, so although I don't believe necessarily in a works-based faith, I do believe that obedience plays an important role within our faith. No, you're, um, I, I I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go back to the marriage. Oh, yeah. Uh, allegory that you painted earlier? I didn't. God did. Um, no, you said... Oh, no, I said the marriage. Yeah, you're I right. I mean, God, okay. God does as well, but right. geez, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you love your wife, you honor and... I don't want to use obedience, but you have like a affinity to your wife and like you love her and you... You know, you don't violate that trust by doing things against her. You, you, you know, you, you've entered into a relationship with her. It's like I, I used to work with this guy. His name was John, so that's what we'll call him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was somebody who didn't honor his wife. He would, you know, if an attractive customer came in, this is, I worked in sales for like a year and a half. Um, he would take his wedding ring off so that he could like flirt with them and stuff like that. You know, um, he always talked bad about his wife, kind of demeaned her. Uh, you know, just the fact he take his wedding ring off, he's like hiding his marriage to her from other people, um, not honoring her. And, and you could argue that he was not a good husband and that he was not upholding his part of the covenant. He was not being, uh, in a sense, obedient. Uh, for us, 
we are obedient to God, not just because of what it comes out of, but because we are in a relationship and we love him and we want to be obedient to him. That obedience is something that he gives us the ability to do. And we don't have the ability to do that unless we are with him. Mm. So it's, there's no, there, if there's no fruit, it's because you're probably not actually saved. I mean, and I can't, say that because there are you know people go through periods or times of you know fruitlessness or they go through doubts or maybe they're going through a rough season or whatever mm-hmm. happens to be so i don't want to just say you know if you've been watching your brother at church and you see he's not doing it like you should be coaxing him and preaching the gospel to him in, in many various different ways mm-hmm. uh and not just throwing him out like, right he's not a christian anymore no man dude just might need some exhortation and some help but um it, it's you know, it, it's a matter of if it's a continued path or somebody's renounced their belief or whatever, it's a little bit different. They're not going to be obedient to mm-hmm. God. Yep. So I think I kind of went in a circle <coughs> there and maybe not wrapped it up. But I, you're seeing the Old Testament, you see a covenant that's very works-based. Some call it the covenant of works. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of laws to obey. There's a lot of sacrifices. There's a lot of, um, like, what do you call it? Oh gosh, I heard I heard a little bit of thunder. My brain stopped working. Yeah. The thunder, um, but anyway, yeah. There's a lot of things to do, and Christ fulfills it by doing all of that. Mm-hmm. So we're not works based. We're grace based. We're covered by His blood, and we get to live in that covenant of grace at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, from that covenant of grace and from that love and that heart change springs forth obedience. Mm-hmm. So we are obedient because of what Christ has done, and because of that re- strengthening relationship with Him that. God willing, we're continuing to strengthen all the time. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Well, I had a conversation with someone this week that was like, "Yeah, we were, we were talking, and um, we we're talking about how irrelevant the Old Testament is." And I'm like, "No." If I had hair, I'd pull it out. <laughs> and I was like, well, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, he's like, back then, he's like the the laws were so hard that no one could o- obey them. So now we have the New Testament, and, and they're easier." And I was like, well, "Wait a second. I was it like, <laughs> God, they were never attainable, and they're still not attainable. I mean, our wow. righteousness comes from Christ. Um, and, and I said, really, he almost made it harder in the New Testament. I mean, when you think about it, when you're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and also we're talking Deuteronomy, kind of some earlier podcasts, I mean, now no longer are you supposed to commit adultery, but you're not supposed to look lustfully a, at all. Or <laughs> not only are you not supposed to murder, you're not supposed to be angry. Like, so... Hey. I tell you what, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And tell me how that's working out for you. <laughs> and tell me how easy that was. Right. Yeah. Right. So so I was like, it's, it's still very relevant. I say they still very much go together. Um, but again, we have Christ that, that, that can definitely supply that righteousness that we can't mm-hmm. earn on our own. Um, and we, we can get excited about what Jesus had done for us. Um, so that we can live in that righteousness. But is there still that, that level of obedience that, that still need to, to, to be obedient to what God has called us to do? Absolutely. Um, and he's kind of like, uh, so I was like, yep, you just got me on my Old Testament soapbox. Yeah, man, don't, don't ever say that the whole counsel of God is not important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Old Testament is very, and even in this section here, we're seeing, uh, you know, we're seeing them reflect if we do take this little passage about the oaks uh, down here and, um, you know, they're reflecting on what Jacob potentially had done, burying mm-hmm. his idols. And at the same time, we reflect on what we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, our our testimony is not a glorification of our past sin. Mm -hmm. It's not like, man, look how evil I was and how good I've become. So it's also not a glorification of how awesome we've done since then. So in one, we're not saying like, hey, I used to be a little scamp and I used to do all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I almost went to jail, dude, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I did so many drugs or whatever. You know, it's like the, it's not the glorification of that. It's also not the like, look how awesome I become. Look how good I am and how moral I am. I don't do drugs anymore. I no longer go to prison, you know, or whatever happens to be. Like it, it's that's no longer that's not what our testimony is. Mm -hmm. Our testimony is a constant <coughs> reminder of what God has done to save us, what He saved us from, and a reminder of how grateful we need to be from being saved, and then to be able to tell that to other people and mm -hmm. say, "No, man, I know what you're going through. God saves people from the impossible, and we can point to our testimony or that of others and say, "Look, here's proof of people that God has saved from their, you know." whatever it happens to be from their treacherous past. Um, that's what this is about. So the Old Testament is once again a look what God has done. He saved the people. He called a people his own despite their constant disobedience, despite the fact they could not live up to his commands. And in the New Testament, he's still doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And not only that, it's still part of our story. Um, I mean, if we say that um, we are, are, are Christ, and, and we are, I think, and definitely hit me if I'm, I'm being wrong, but yeah. it's that idea that I think it's Romans or somewhere where Paul talks about um, how we're, we're a Jew through Christ, or, or we at least can be, am I, am I pulling things too far out? or Anyway... I think as Christians, <laughs> I, you said Jew through Christ. I went to Galatians. I said, tell the Judaizers to cut off their. And oh, then, yeah. Okay. So you went there. <laughs> I went the wrong spot. Okay. When, when, somebody, anyway. when somebody says Jew and Christian and the same, I go to Galatians. Right. So, anyway, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident with that. But it's that idea, though, that if we genuinely say that we're gods, um, then that means that, that we can take God's story even all the way back to the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And so when we're making that testament, that testimony of what God has done in our lives, yes, we can specifically look at what God has done in our lives. But I think we can also go back to the Bible. We can go back to the Old Testament. We can go back to um, the idea that, that the Old Testament now is part of our story. Um, and so we join into God's story, into God's people, um, and that means that, that when you're talking about crossing the Red Sea, that means when you're talk, talking about going through the wilderness, when you're talking about these stories and these things that we read in Deuteronomy, it's no longer the Jews' story, but it's, it's part of our story mm -hmm. as God's people as well. Um, and so ultimately, um, we can use that as a testament to, to, to what we're doing. And, and really, if you go back to the New or forward to the New Testament, um, you've got Paul, <laughs> who's a beast, and knowing the, and knowing the Old Testament... Um, you've got Jesus. Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> he's just a beast anyway. Well, um, yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of guys, <laughs> New Testament guys that harken back to old scripture. And it's not, they're not just, a lot of people think, well, they're just going to go back to Isaiah. It's like, well, not really. <laughs> Paul, Paul was like master proof texter. Yeah. Like he would pull stuff out of everywhere. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I was trying to like find it in Romans what I was thinking. And I'm, I'm not able to quickly flip through like. Can you uh, think of the verse? No. Oh. It, it's stuff that. Uh, again, I, I'm I'm not fully confident in what I'm saying currently, <laughs> so I would want to at least when it comes to you don't want to throw something out there, right? What what's going through my mind of of what I, I'm interpreting Paul to have said, so I don't want to like yeah, um, without going into deeper detail, um, but 
I just had a missed call from my wife. I didn't know. Oh. She you may make sure there's no tornado going That's through your house. <laughs> Does Middletown have a tornado? Oh, good. It uses my location instead of where I live. So now, now when we go to, uh, so when Don and I are talking about, you know, I got snow up there, or you did, I didn't get snow up there, and you got snow down here, just realize we actually don't live that far from each other. Um, right. We we <laughs> live like maybe a half hour, mm-hmm. depending on the depending highway. Depending on traffic, yep. All we've got is a flood warning. Okay. So, so anything, and we don't live near a river ourselves. So anyway, so so when we're talking about, it, and it sounds like we travel hundreds of thousands of miles in order to to do this podcast every week, we're not that dedicated. No, actually, um, I, I work close to Scott. <laughs> mm-hmm. So nope, I don't have anything. Okay. All right. I don't know, maybe she accidentally butt dialed me, okay. or the kids might have. They do that. Often. Okay. I hope the lizard's okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, kid got a gecko for his birthday. Oh, okay. That thing's been an adventure. Oh, wow. Um, they're cool, but it takes a little bit of knowledge. Anyway. Okay. We are disintegrating. Yes, we are. Into. Is that a bunch of birds? I think so. Alrighty. I live <laughs> in the city. We don't have birds. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No. Anyway. Yeah, we'll let you guys go. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, there's a. Uh, sometimes it's a tough chapter where a lot of stuff could come out of it like this one i feel mm-hmm. like we could have probably gone on another million years but yeah and we actually thought it was gonna be quick yeah we, hey, we, we made it take through. that counts right all right yeah that's what i'm thinking so, hey just remember you're neither jew nor greek nor gentile nor slave nor free nor <laughs> <laughs> um but there is that idea that we are in christ and um Obedience, while it might not get us riches or whatever it happens to be, um, it's still massively important. Mm-hmm. Um, do I don't think she's texting me? So we'll okay. just I'll leave it at. No, do you have anything to add before I wrap it up and start the music? It's lightning outside. You want to go for a walk? It's warm. Sure. Okay. Good deal. Let's go stand under trees. Ooh, I got an umbrella. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.